Ladies and gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Simon Head from Rochester in the UK, Chamat Sandu from Toronto in Canada, back behind the microphones. And uh, Mr. Sandu, you have had a busy week, my friend. You're back, back at home after a mad week. Let's just launch into it. It was billed as one of the biggest fights of the year. It turned into one of the best heavyweight title fights uh, in a generation. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3 delivered and then some. It was absolutely incredible. And you were right there in the thick of it. How was it for you? I mean, I know you had some worries about even making the trip. You must be absolutely buzzing and delighted that you actually went through and uh, were able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm still buzzing. I'm tired, as as you know, Simon. You know, the, the, the you know when you're at a big event, when you're on site in a different time zone for a week, it's just constant round the clock. You're working, working, working. It's not all a glamorous lifestyle, but this is what we sign up for. And it usually takes me a day or two to recover. But reflecting on the week, I'm just so happy I was there buzzing. It was just electric. It was interesting to be at a boxing event versus kind of like a, a big UFC show. This was my third boxing event. I'd only ever been to what Mayweather McGregor, which is more was, was more of a spectacle than a, a, a traditional big boxing event. And I remember covering Michael Venom Page's boxing debut uh, on the undercard of, of a, a Joe Joyce event in, in York Hall. And that's it. That's my boxing experience. So just to be there and see how the boxing media and how a boxing fight week plays out was very, very interesting, to say the least. But yeah, it was incredible, Simon. You know, I mean, what an incredible fight. Fight night, T-Mobile, Tyson Fury does the business. One of the greatest fights, like you said. I mean, for me, it's one of the greatest fights I've ever seen, period, of all time. Uh, you know, I'm talking MMA, talking boxing, you name it. It was just back and forth, drama of the highest order, complete theater. The Brit won. Uh, so good for us. Uh, the Tyson Fury story continues to roll on. The trilogy is over. But yeah, outside of that, just from a personal perspective, being able to go, got my COVID test done before I left Toronto. The most stressful part of the week for me was getting the COVID test prior to coming back to Toronto, which I got done Saturday morning. And once that negative result came through, I'm like, right, I'm home free. I can enjoy you know, and kind of, you know, have a clear head as I kind of head into fight night. And the event itself was insane because I was obviously in one of the the, the media rooms inside the T-Mobile. And uh, me and a colleague of mine were able to sneak out just to, to the tunnel area, which is just, you know, right next to the floor to have a quick peek at the main event before we had to kind of get back to our laptops. Lo and behold, I run into Nate Diaz of all people. And I'm, I'm as, you do. Just, as you do, right? I'm just chit-chatting with him because it's been a while since I've seen him, but we do have a, a pretty good relationship. And he kind of said, hey, just roll with me. And so I ended up just watching the entire main event, I kid you not, hanging out with Nate Diaz on the floor. And as soon as the main event wrapped up, um, he was kind enough to give me a very quick, short uh, interview where I kind of just got his reaction to what we had just seen. And uh, that was fun. And I got Big E, who's obviously a big name in the world of WWE. He's the current WWE champion. And then outside of that, if I'm being honest, just to kind of be around people again, Simon, um, see friends and colleagues in the business. Like there were some moments where I'd be walking around the MGM or if I'd be walking towards the media center, I've got my mask on and I see someone that's a friend or a colleague or a peer and they're wearing their mask and we kind of 
you know, lock eyes and we, we recognize each other and you can just see both our eyes light up because we've just recognized each other. And it's like, hey, how you doing? Give give me a hug. Hope you're well. And yeah, so it was nice to see friends that I hadn't seen in literally a few years um, and catch up with, with people. And then obviously the most important thing for me was finally meeting and working alongside my colleagues at BT Sport who, you know, I have never met in person before because I started this gig right before COVID began. Um, so so that was, you know, awesome. They are all absolute legends. I literally love this BT Sport team. I think pound for pound, best in the business. Everyone just cracks on, does their job, no egos. Everyone rows in the same direction. Just a great harmonious um, environment and atmosphere to be around working with them. And, um, and yeah, uh, I'm just absolutely like over the moon that I got that experience under my belt. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to some more trips coming up um, as uh, as this year rounds out. More on that to come. We'll see what happens. Got Even got a cheeky little, you know, interview, Simon, with Ian Gary. Like, it was so random last minute. We had Caroline, the roving reporter, doing bits and pieces for the, the pay-per-view, you know, BT sport broadcast. Out of the blue, hey, Sandy, can you quickly go and interview Ian Gary to get his prediction for tonight? Yeah, I think I've done that before. I think I know how to do this still. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think like I've said a million times before, you know, to anyone that's looking for advice in this business, just try and be a Swiss Army knife. Try and do anything and everything. Get your reps in. And that that way, if you're ever called to do something, you're fairly confident that 90% of the time you can deliver. And um, yeah, so yeah, I'm just buzzing, Simon. I'm happy. It, and, and also, of course, because the event and the fight itself delivered the goods, you know, it was so action-packed. It was just an absolute honor and a privilege to to have witnessed that firsthand, uh, being on the floor, being ringside. So, yeah, over the moon. Could, I couldn't be happier right now uh, speaking to you, reflecting on what was just uh, an event for the, for, the, for, for the books for me personally. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned the fight, the fight delivered, but just the fact that it was your first one back since the pandemic. I think I spoke to you last week on last week's show. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the emotions that you just expressed about seeing people, seeing old colleagues, old friends for the first time in almost two years, it probably is, if not longer. I had that exact same feeling in London. My fight night was a decent fight night. I had a great atmosphere, not quite at the level of uh, Tyson Fury versus Yontay Wilder three, but it was a similar sort of arrangement insofar as first event in two years, seeing people for the first time. Feeling a bit anxious about the travel, feeling a bit rusty as well, and not having been getting those reporting reps in, the on-the-ground reps that, that you really do benefit from when you're going to events regularly. But it is a bit like riding a bike. Once, you've, once you're in the swing of things again, it all comes flooding back. And even though you've got the mask on, I can bet you're probably grinning behind that mask for most of the week. It must have been pretty incredible stuff. And as for the fight itself, Sandy, the fact you got to see it in the arena was, was was pretty amazing. To see it alongside Nate Diaz, that must have been quite an experience as well. But the fight, 11th round knockout, incredible, incredible fight. I think there were five knockdowns over the course of the fight. It's the sort of fight that if you wrote it down on a piece of paper and said, we're going to make a movie of this, they'd be like, don't do that. That is so unrealistic. You know, that that's just not going to be, you know, that just is not going to happen. That sort of Rocky movie stuff. But it happened in real life. And I, it wouldn't surprise me in 5, 10, 15, 20 years time, that fight and Tyson Fury's career will be committed to 
the movie screen in some way, shape or form. And that will be the, the crowning glory, I think. Um, incredible, incredible event. So often these big boxing events promise much and deliver little. That one delivered in spades. It was absolutely massive. And uh, the problem now, Sandu, is, you know, you come back to reporting on all these other bits and pieces and going to these other shows. It's all going to pale in comparison, isn't it? Or is it is it going to how, how different was it? You know, you mentioned it was quite it was quite different covering a boxing event composed uh, as, as opposed to covering a UFC event. How, how, how different was it? Because obviously I'm you know, we're both used to covering MMA and in particular the UFC and they're really regimented. Everything is very, very clearly pre-planned. The media are very, very much catered for as part of the process. How was it with, with this? Was it a bit more a case of fending for yourself? Or given that you were the rights holders with the BT Sport box office, did that get you through a few more doors than perhaps you would have done if you weren't? Yeah, absolutely. We obviously had, you know, the red carpet treatment because we are a broadcast partner, had the rights to the fight. So we had things planned and scheduled and organized, had a sit down with Lennox Lewis in his in his hotel room at, at the win. Like, you know, there's no media day for that. It's just like, yeah, we're gonna we got we got Lennox booked. That was, you know, that's awesome. Um, but like, you know, wearing kind of my old MMA media, my old MMA journalist hat in terms of you know, just being, you know, one of like what, fifty different outlets there to try and get your content seeing that was interesting because i would call it a circus it, it, literally, it literally is just a circus it's, you know yes there are things that are organized but not to the level that i'm used to at the ufc and everyone's there for literally just the main event that's what's going to drive con you know the traffic and that's the content you're after yeah you can get some bits and pieces with like coaches and, and trainers and one or two of the other personalities there but in terms of like covering fighters on a particular card it's all about that main event whereas obviously you know when we're at a big ufc event simon we could literally speak to a dozen different fighters and it's yeah. all relevant it's all content that an mma community and an mma fan base and the mma audience is interested in terms of content watching reading listening whatever where you know what you know whatever you want but you know for an event like this it literally is just all about the main event and we obviously we got our stuff with Fury and Wilder, which was great. But man, like again, no knock on anyone that covers boxing full time, but it's just not for me, Simon. You know, it's do, do, being inv involved in the boxing world as a member of the media for me. It, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm I'm glad like I'm covering MMA. Uh, I've been very open and honest. I'm a I'm very much a casual boxing fan, so I really only tune in for like the real big fights. Um, and you know, I think. On the UFC side, we're, we're fairly lucky. We get all these shows most of the time. Even the fight night cards head, are headlined um, by, by by big fighters with some some big names. But we do get that monthly pay per view where it's title fights, the best fighting, the best, the biggest names, the biggest draws. Whereas in boxing, I feel like it's maybe just a handful of times, and maybe it's just like maybe even two times three times in a year where you really kind of get that big big show we've been lucky over the last couple of weeks simon joshua Usyk, fantastic and obviously we just had fury wilder three um but for the rest of the year um maybe canelo plant you know is is one i'm definitely going to be tuning into um outside of that not really sure what's on the horizon that's gonna float my boat you know I'll definitely perhaps tune into Jake Paul and and Tommy Fury if that fight gets made because there's so much interest from from an, an MMA angle given what Jake you know Jake Paul's done this year, but yeah, 
um it was it was definitely interesting definitely bizarre i'm obviously going to be involved in any future um boxing events that are broadcast on bt sport box office especially you know north america related in terms of if it's going to be another fury fight down the road in vegas or something like that but once in a blue moon for me uh I'm ha- and like i said I'm, I'm super happy so chuffed um that i was there last week because you know although i'm a casual fan i grew up watching tyson lennox lewis holyfield prince nazim ricky hatton the list goes on and on so it's not not as though i'm oblivious to to the boxing world and you know i have a history of watching big boxing fights and like i said i'm just absolutely pinching myself that I was so lucky uh, to have watched that um, incredible, incredible event because, man, one of the greatest boxing fights, one of the greatest boxing heavyweight fights and one of the greatest fights, period, um, I've ever seen. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And the other great thing, it kind of popped your post-pandemic cherry, so to speak, in terms of getting back out there and reporting again. And uh, as we will talk about a little bit later in the show, there may be another big assignment coming your way in a not too distant future. So uh, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I have even been uh, jumping all over Expedia this evening, uh, looking at potential options myself. So, uh, yes, we will talk about that a bit later on in the show. But obviously, Tyson Fury's win over Deontay Wilder dominated the combat sports uh, news cycle this past weekend. But we did have a UFC fight night card. Uh, wasn't the most stellar, but... Let's run through it while we can. Marina Rodriguez defeated Mackenzie Dern Sandu via unanimous decision. Uh, Rodriguez just a little bit too good in the stand-up. She sort of weathered the storm on the ground when it went there early on, but looked too good on the feet. 49-46 is across the board and immediately called out Joanna and Jacek, which I thought was an ex- excellent call-out. She's basically saying that Joanna is occupying, I think she's ranked second at the moment, and she's occupying this ranking, but she hasn't fought in ages. And she says she needs to, it's almost defend or vacate, you know, it's to defend your ranking spot or, or uh, be, be kicked out of the rankings is basically what she's saying. That's a, that's a fight I'd be interested to see. Um, I don't quite know what the situation with Joanna is right now, when she plans on coming back, but that would be a good fight. As for Mackenzie Dern, very philosophical after the win, saying that she learned an awful lot in that in that fight and in that defeat. And she knows that there's still a lot more that she needs to work on before she can really call herself a legitimate championship contender. I don't know whether you've got the opportunity to even slap eyes on any of this or whether you've caught back on any of it, but it was, it was, a, it was a big night for, for uh, women's MMA in so far as it also made a little bit of history. Sandu, all of the bonuses went to female fighters, which I think is the first time that's ever happened. Um, the, uh, the main event got the fight of the night and uh, Lupita Godinez and Maria uh, Agapova, both earned performance of the night bonuses for their uh, for their respective submission finishes earlier in the in the night, but it really was all about that main events uh, the main events Andrew and uh, calling out Yuani and Jacek. I'm uh, I'm all for that. I think it, I mean personally one of my favourite fighters to watch. So I'll be really happy to see her back in the octagon sometime soon. Yeah, this was a big one for Mackenzie Dunn because I felt like she, you know, a win here, and I think she would have been catapulted right into the the, the title picture. Uh, and given her form, and you know, getting three out of the the previous four wins by a submission and getting the performance of the night bonus, I felt like this was almost kind of like the vehicle for her to kind of cross over and become a, become a legit, legit, legitimate contender. But um, man, credit to Marina Rodriguez; she's obviously also in form as well. I didn't watch the fight, so this is more kind of me just reflecting on the result itself. But yeah, great performance, you know. Get, getting the win but also you know we've spoken about this so many times have a name ready 
you know, set up the next fight. That's what the UFC are looking for. That's what broadcast partners and the media are also looking for. You know, you've got to get us involved in your journey. And the fact that you called out a former champion, Yona Yon Jacek, who has not been active for quite some time, but obviously is still highly ranked and is one of the biggest names um, in all of the women's divisions, period, in the UFC. Fantastic call out. I would be so up for that fight. And to be honest with you, if Rodriguez is able to get that fight and beat Joanna, game over. You're going straight to a title shot after that. You know, that's a great clear path uh, to have a warranted uh, championship fight, given her record, her run, and also getting a big name on her resume in terms of a former champion. So all in all, just an absolutely brilliant night for, for Rodriguez there. Yeah, it really was. And uh, I think she recognizes that she's not going to get the next shot at the belt and uh, she, she needs to win one more. And that's, that's, that's the perfect fight for her. Just very quickly, just to wrap up family business from, from that fight night. Co-main event, Randy Brown defeated Jared Gooden. Jared Gooden missed weight by, by quite some margin. Randy Brown got the win uh, via unanimous decision, 30-27s across the board. All is well for Randy Brown. Uh, Matthias Nicolau defeated Tim Elliott at flyweight. Uh, I mentioned Maria Agapova earlier. She de- defeated Sabina Marzo and uh, in a post-fight interview, uh, was uh, was very vocal about Marina Morose, who apparently has, uh, has given some interviews and uh, sort of slandered her somewhat, saying that she got thrown out of ATT, accused her of being a, uh, a drug addict and, and all manner of other things. So uh, that's a matchup that surely has to be made at some point in the future. And the main card kicked off with a win for Chris Gutierrez, who defeated Felipe Calares. As though that, that list of names will have told you, not too many household names on the card this past weekend, probably partly because all eyes were on the T-Mobile arena with the Tyson Fury fight, Sandu. And uh, it's kind of similar this coming weekend as well. And it's really interesting just to throw things forward straight away to what's happening on Saturday night. We've got the UFC and Bellator are going head to head. Whether they're going directly head to head, I'm not 100% sure yet. But um, Aspen Ladd is in the main event against Norma Dumont. Now, Aspen Ladd was due to face um, uh, about this past weekend uh, against Macy Chiasson and failed to make weight. The uh, the bout was scratched. And uh, now she's got a main event at featherweight against Norma Dumont, which uh, it's not often you see someone miss weight badly. And she's missed weight badly a few times and then get almost rewarded with a, with a main event slot. Uh, just a week or so down the line. So that's pretty interesting. She's facing Dumont this weekend. Um, she better make 146 pounds, Sando, otherwise things could be getting really tricky for Aspen Lab. But she's in the main event. Andre Arlovsky is back in action against Carlos Felipe. Jim Miller's on the card. Andrew Sanchez is on the card. Julian Marquez against Jordan Wright kicks off the main card. But before then, Britain's own Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts is back in the octagon. He takes on Ramazan. Emiev in what should be an absolute banger. So there's some decent stuff on that card, Sandu. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's one of those fight cards that we sort of, we kind of call it a sleeper card, don't we? It's not full of household names, but there's some decent, decent matchups on that fight card on Saturday. Yeah, probably more of the one of the more you know lighter cards, if we're being polite, that the UFC have put on in quite some time. Aspen Ladd hasn't fought since December 2019, and she finds herself here almost two years later in a main event slot on a fight night card, having just missed weight. I mean, you cannot script this kind of stuff. So she must have good relationships with the UFC, her management and agent. Um, but listen, for her, you know, 
she gets to compete. Uh, hopefully, there's no issues with regards to her or her weight cutting. Um, she is going to be fighting at featherweight. So and, and maybe on long term, this is the, the right weight class for her um, in the first place. So let, let's see how it all plays out. But yeah, it's a fight night card. I'm interested in Danny Roberts, you know, performing. You know, um, I've been able to cover his career since what the Cage Warrior days. So always, yeah. always nice, always nice to see Hot Chocolate involved. And um, so outside of the main event, that is probably going to be the other big fight I'm looking forward to most. Always nice to see Andre Olovsky involved, but you know, it's not as if exactly he's anywhere near title, title contention or, or on this incredible run, crazy run of form or anything like that. He's just still one of those names and kicking around the heavyweight division, former champion and um, the pit bulls action as well. So, hey, it's a fight night card and we'll watch it and we'll see what happens. Like you said, it's a, it's a sleeper and it's an opportunity for fighters in the card to put in a performance, do something crazy, spectacular, um, get on the mic, you know, take advantage of the platform. That's what I always say. So let's see what happens. Yeah, and uh, Manon Fioro is is someone I was going to mention very briefly. Uh, former amateur world championship finalist, women's flyweight, working her way up the ranks and uh, looking pretty good. She takes on Mayra Bueno Silva. She's definitely one to watch. Uh, looks like a rising contender at 125 pounds. But that fight night card is going head-to-head with another fight night card. Bellator 268 uh, goes down in Phoenix, Arizona at the Footprint Center, which I'm not going to lie to you, I've never heard of. And uh, Vadim Nenkov is in the main event against uh, replacement fighter Julius Anglicas uh, in the semifinals of the light heavyweight Grand Prix. It was going to be Anthony Rumble Johnson, and uh, he's currently battling some from what's it hasn't been specifically uh, explained but it sounds like he's dealing with some serious health issues we wish him all the very best but unfortunately it means he isn't competing in the semi-final the other semi-final is intact that'll be the co-main event sandy ryan bader former champ champ taking on Corey overtime anderson beast in 25 8 was always a better nickname but there you go uh they are the two semi-finals the winners will face off for the championship and the tournament prize one million dollars a little bit later this year. Benson Henderson takes on Brent Primus, former champion uh, at lightweight on that card. Henry, Henry Corrales is on that card as well. That is on uh, Saturday night, October the 16th, alongside the UFC. So if you were looking at that fight night card there and you're looking at the UFC fight night card, if they're directly head-to-head, which one you picking, Sandu? I think I might be picking the Bellator card. I'm probably going to be leaning towards the Bellator card as well. Um Mostly because of one fight and one fight alone, and that is that Ryan Bader Corey Anderson semi-final. You got Ryan Bader obviously coming, you know, back for his belt. You know, he lost the belt to Vadim Nemkov, and then you've got Corey Anderson, who since signing for for Bellator, which at the time was a bit of a shock, right? You know, you know he loses. He was on great this, this this great run of form in the UFC. Loser to Jan Blahovic, the bloody champion at the moment, right? So no shame in that. Signs for Bellator, and got he's got two wins under his belt, so he's he's in some form. Um, and then obviously the main event, Vadim Nemkov, who perhaps isn't still like a, a household name in mixed martial arts, but Jesus Christ, Simon, he's he's incredible in terms of his form. He's obviously the the, the current champion in Bellator, man. So yeah, I think there are, there are more fights that have better stakes. Um, on the Bellator card, because at the end of the day, by the end of the night, we're going to have the light heavyweight Grand Prix final set up. So, yeah, 
if you're asking me which is the one I'd be picking, you know, in a, in a head-to-head, I'd probably be leaning towards uh, the Bellator card. But in 2021, with multiple devices and multiple screens available to you, it's going to be very, very easy for me and for most people to watch both. So I'll be on duty for BT Sport covering the UFC card, so I'll definitely be tuning into that one, and I'll probably slap on the, the Bellator card on another screen uh, as it's on YouTube here in Canada. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of playing the other side of the coin. Uh, I'll be doing the Bellator card for BBC Sport, and uh, I'll have the UFC card on my on my second screen, keeping an eye on what's going on there. So it's great to have stuff to watch on a Saturday night. And uh, actually, I think the UFC card might be early. I think the UFC card might be early. I've I've seen to recall BT Sport put out a little promo graphic talking about almost every fight night card in October is almost a prime time card for us. So uh, that should be a nice early finish for you, which is good news. Nice early finish for me. And I can just settle down and watch and watch Bellator a bit later on in the evening. But it's uh, I think most of these October cards are going to be relatively early, which is which is good news for the Brit Pack. And uh, a lot of the uh, listeners out there listening from over here in the UK. Sandu, that's what we've got coming up um, this weekend. But just before we came online and uh, hit record on this thing, Big news, big news dropping from stateside. The fight that the world wants to see, the fight that we have wanted to see ever since UFC London a couple of years back. The grudge match is on. Jorge Masvidal, Leon Edwards, UFC 269, December the 11th. We think it will be Las Vegas. And uh, there's going to be a fair bet that a certain Mr. Mr. C. Sandu Esquire is going to be there for, uh, for, for BT Sport. This is the fight we've wanted for so long, and uh, it's not 100% official yet. From uh, the reporting that I've seen from ESPN's Brett Okamoto, the contracts have been sent. The fight has been verbally agreed. Both fighters have tweeted about it, and uh, it looks like we're going to get it, Sandu. It's going to be the fight we all wanted, and it's a a little pre-Christmas treat for everybody, both sides of the Atlantic. Super necessary, this fight, Sandu, and I cannot wait to see how this one goes down inside the octagon. On December the yeah. 11th. This has been bubbling for a long, long, long time. I mean, you look back at 2019, Jorge Masdal for, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion, fighter of the year, all started at that infamous event in London. He knocks out Darren Till in the O2 Arena, has a backstage kerfuffle, uh, to, to, uh, to label it mildly, against Leon Edwards, the birth of the three-piece and a soda. And then from there, he goes on, gets the fastest knockout in UFC history when he KOs Ben Askren in the summer and then ends the year as the BMF champion, defeating Nate Diaz in Madison Square Garden. But that seed was planted with Leon Edwards in the early part of 2019. And since then, Mazdar's gone back-to-back losses to Kamaru Usman. He's had his two title opportunities. The, the narrative he's been putting out now for a while is he still wants a third crack at the championship. That's what he's been going for for a few years. He he doesn't want to he wants to retire knowing that he was able to become champion once. And so he basically put this narrative out that hey, look, I want to fight the guy, right? That can get me back into title contention. Well, here you have Leon Edwards on this insane win streak, where nine times out of ten, in a different time, different division the stars being aligned a little bit better, someone of that nature should be fighting for a title, should have already fought for the title. 
right? His, his only loss has been to Kamara Usman way back when. And since then, he's gone on this insane win streak. He's just been finishing and defeating and winning fights left, right and center. But the you know the thing that's kind of I guess maybe held him back a little bit, Simon, is the fact that he isn't the biggest name, he isn't the biggest draw, and so here you have a situation where he's just defeated Nate Diaz, one of the the biggest draws in UFC history, and now he's going to have an opportunity to fight Jorge Masvidal, one of the other biggest draws in UFC history. This is the fight that I called for, Simon, in the, in the aftermath of Leon defeating Nate Diaz. We saw that. The train had kind of left the station uh, with regards to Kamara Usman fighting Colby Covington. That fight will be held in November. So timing-wise, this is absolutely ideal. If Leon Edwards can beat Jorge Masvidal, the win streak, the names on his resume, perfect. Then he can just go on to fight the winner of Usman versus Covington. The most important thing I think here is, is regardless of what could happen in the aftermath, is he's put that tweet out, millionaire. So it looks like him and his management team have done a fantastic job in terms of negotiating the terms and conditions of this fight. So it looks like he's going to get paid, which is obviously the most important thing, right? He's going to have the opportunity to finally put this history with Jorge Masvidal, which has kind of almost been like lingering and and, and been kind of stuck to him, um, you know, for the last couple of years. They can finally settle their beef. It's easily going to be the fight that's going to get the most traction. Um, and I can't wait for the interviews and fight week. Can you imagine the face-offs? Jesus, it's going to be insane. And honestly, with that card, the way it's you know, shaping up already, an absolute incredible way for the UFC to, to end the year. And a quick note on Jorge Masvidal. I mean, talk about jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. He just fought Kamaru Usman back-to-back, and now he's going to fight Leon Edwards. I mean, he's fighting the absolute best in the division. And if he is to beat Leon Edwards, well, let's see what 2022 could potentially hold for game bread. I mean, you know, he's going to put himself in a pretty good situation. So, yeah, an absolute banger of a fight, Simon. is finally going down. And, and let's see. I think I'm going to be there on site with BT Sports. So watch this space. But, yeah, outside of that, I'm absolutely just buzzing as a pure fan that this fight has finally been put together. And what a fight card it's going to be on, Sandy. Let me just run you through the bouts from bottom to top. Macy Barber is in action against an opponent still to be confirmed. Sean O'Malley is on this card against uh, Raulian Piva. Ryan Hall is on the card against Derek Minner. If you're a fan of grappling, that will be an absolute cracker. Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell will be decent. Drikas Duplessis, the former KSW and EFC champion, He's in action against Andre Muniz. Priscilla Cachoeira versus Gillian Robertson. Then we get into the big hitters. Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Kara France. Randy Costa versus Tony Kelly. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. That's a three-round fight, by the way. It's confirmed as a three-rounder. And then we've got the two world title fights at the top of the card. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. And Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo was going to be on this card, but because they've just added Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal, they've pushed Moreno Figueredo to UFC 270, which will kick off the pay-per-view schedule for the UFC in January 2022. But that fight card is looking absolutely mint. There's so many great matchups on that card. And as you say, even though we've got two title fights at the top of the card, Masvidal Edwards is going to be the one that steals the show in terms of pre-fight uh, interest and 
everyone's going to be watching the face-off, as you say. I think those are the two interviews that will probably do the most business on social media and on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. And you mentioned the fact that Leon maybe isn't the biggest draw, isn't the biggest name, but you put any MMA fan in front of a camera or in front of a microphone and say, what fight do you want to see Leon Edwards in next? They will all say Jorge Masvidal. They won't say a title fight. Some might say a title fight, but most will say, give me the grudge match. Give me Jorge Masvidal. This has been sitting on the back burner for the best part of three years. Book the damn fight. They've booked it. And I'm absolutely over the moon. Uh, my visa application is in, Sandu, for my <laughs> for my journalist visa. The problem I've got is my interview is in like November. So whether we get it turned around quick enough to get me over for 269, I do not know. But rest assured, my homework has already started with regard to seeing if I can get over there. And if I can, and I can make it happen quickly, uh, the, the Brit Pack might just be doing a show from Las Vegas that week. So uh, what a way to end the year that would be after the last 18 months we've had. But absolutely buzzing about that particular booking. Absolutely buzzing about that fight card. Poirier being booked earlier, uh, well, just before we went on air last week, I think we talked about it. That's an absolutely huge fight, the lightweight title fight. But yeah, seeing Leon back in there, against Jorge Masvidal, who is absolute gold on the microphone. He's gold inside the cage. That is going to be huge. And just very quickly, Sandy, just to go off on a small tangent on the Masvidal thing, even if he doesn't beat Leon Edwards, if he's half decent in that fight, the Colby fight could be there for him. And that's a, he could go from one grudge match to another one. He could be on some sort of grudge match tour. You know, he's, he's had Usman twice, lost out twice. There's there's always the possibility of getting in there with uh, with Colby if things do not go well against uh, Leon Edwards. But surely the winner of that fight is going to get another crack at the title. Uh, I'm saying this with the, a slight assumption that Kamara Usman will beat Colby again. But who knows? You know, Colby is an absolute machine. So I'm looking forward to that one in November. And that will set the table perfectly for what we're going to see on December the 11th. Absolutely buzzing for that fight card. And uh, what a way to end 2021 as we come out of this pandemic the ufc are absolutely flying i wrote a little story for fighters only today just off a, a bloom an excellent bloomberg uh, feature uh, video feature where they just talked to dana white and uh, ari emmanuel and um, lawrence epstein of the ufc about how they came through the pandemic and what they're looking to do next and i'm just buzzing for what's ahead of us end of 2021 and into 2022 Plus, with Bellator doing what they're doing, the sport is absolutely flying right now. And uh, combat sport as well with boxing. This is this is a great time to be involved in the combat sports world, and it's just going to get bigger and better as we go. I'm I'm so so happy to be involved. Yeah, look, boxing's in, in a very good place right now. The UFC, MMA, in a in a very very good place right now. We were talking about earlier earlier on, Simon. I mean. Like look at the, the the big pay-per-views that we have coming up to, to round out the year. And then we already know what we're going to get to kick off January. I mean, it's just the UFC every single month deliver banger pay-per-views. It's simple as that. They stack them with champions, the best fighters in the world. And we get grudge matches and storylines and marquee fighters and draws, you know. So it's going to be a great couple of months coming up. And like you said, if your visa comes through and I'm on site... It'll be a nice way to end the year to do a preview review show on site 
in Las Vegas, um, you know, considering we haven't seen each other, Simon, in like <laughs> a good few years. It'll be it'd be good to give you a hug, have a few beers and, and talk some UFC on site. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. It really doesn't. And if this is a, an indication of what's to come down the road, it, th there's always fights set up to set up more fights down the road, right? And like you said, Simon, you've got Kamaru Usman, Carby Covington in November. You've got Jorge Mazdal, Leon Edwards now in December. The winner and losers of both those bouts could could easily fight at some point down the road uh, in, in 2022. I can see a scenario where Usman fights, you know, Leon. I can see a situation where Jorge Mazdal fights Carby Covington, and maybe that's going to be you know Jorge's route back to the to the title. If he can beat Leon and then beat Colby, like you said, this grudge match tour, um, that would definitely warrant him getting another title shot. But uh, those are all if buts and maybes, and down the road, and we'll see what happens. Would be pretty harsh if uh, you know Jorge Masvidal ended um, this current run zero and three with two losses to Kamara Usman and then losing to Leon Edwards. Um, that would give you a big step down. There's always that Nate Diaz fight, maybe a BMF rematch, but this is a big one for Jorge Masvidal and a, and a very important one if he genuinely wants to end his career by, you know, at least fighting for the title one more time and getting that crack. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a great way to end the year. It really is. And somewhere in the mix there, the UFC are squeezing in a visit to Fight Island as well. We've got UFC 267. He's coming from there. Jan Blachowicz putting his title on the line against Glover Teixeira. There's an interim title fight uh, between Peter Yan and Corey Sanhagen. Islam Makachev, Dan Hooker's on that card. Kamzat Shimaev makes his return on that card against the Leech, Li Jingliang. And uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Volkan Ozdemir are on that card as well. That's a stacked card. That is a stacked card. We will talk more about that a little bit later in the month, but everything is ramping up nicely and uh, I'm amped for the uh, the remaining two and a bit months of 2021 and uh, 2022 is going to be looking pretty tasty as well. Sandu, I think that is pretty much everything we have for this week's installment of the show. How can everybody get in touch? And uh, the video stuff is coming, ladies and gentlemen. We are working on it feverishly behind the scenes. And uh, the video is on its way. But in the meantime, make sure you get involved. Sandu has all the details. Yeah, the BritPackMMA.com is the website. So it's the BritPackMMA.com. From there, you can find us on social media, both my platforms. Uh, you can find Simon's accounts, the, the, the show account. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor, rate and review us. When shows get rated and reviewed, on Apple Podcast, that's how they get found by new audiences. That's how the algorithm there works. The Apple just promotes shows that continuously get um, you know, ratings and reviews and things of that nature. So if you do listen to us on Apple Podcast, literally take out 30 seconds of your time. It would be mean so much to us and it will really help you support us um, on that particular platform. But yeah, that's everything, Simon. That's how you can find us. And yeah, like you said, we are working on video. Hopefully won't be too much longer. Uh, at the moment, the audio-only version of the show is available on YouTube. But who knows? By the end of the year, uh, we should be on screen proper. And I can't wait until we are, because then I think that's when things will really start to kick off for us. Yes, and uh, it's going to be a packed weekend. We've got the UFC, hopefully quite early on Saturday night. We've got Bellator a little bit later on Saturday night. And if that still isn't enough for you, Cage Warriors have an event live on Sunday from San Diego, their second visit to San Diego, California. Uh, Max Roshkoff is on the card there. 
that is well worth checking out. That'll be on Fight Pass Cage Warriors 130. So three good fight night cards all ready to go. We will talk about the best of it on next week's show. Enjoy the fights as always, and we'll speak to you next week.